This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. I'm just surprised because, I mean, this PS4 presser happened, and then one or two days later, you're like, we gotta do a podcast about the PS4. Yeehaw! It's, this is like an emergency podcast. So, are you ready for the PlayStation 4 major grand announcement spectacular extravaganza? Not, uh, that was not an easy fix. So I, I think at this point in the podcast, it's worth noting to the listener that we just dealt with really massive dumb issues. <coughs> uh, not only am I coughing. Wheeze, wheeze, wheeze. So, John's recording software went out. <coughs> oh my god, now I can't breathe and f***ing... Uh, the world is ending. There's ash in the air. Then Skype wasn't helping, and then the volcano... Dogs and cats. <coughs> no, literally. I, Living together. I don't remember the punchline of that. And and seriously, I think that that disconnect just gave me cancer. So a lot of bad things just happened, listener, but we're here for you. We're here for you. Yeah, we really are. So right here... I think I think about two days ago we were talking about... The, sh- the sharing of stuff. Two to three days ago, I think, um, yeah, because that's how we've actually been working around the clock for about 48 hours to get you back to speed here. But just in in case, because I don't know what we lost. I didn't have time to look into that. So as a quick recap, we're talking about the PS4 press conference. And what, what have we talked about so far? I don't even remember. Well, we talked uh, we talked basically about the specs of the system, how we felt about the specs of the system, and then we talked about the share button for a while. That was kind of the thing that we were working on most recently. That's right, yes. And and, and as a quick recap, in case we lost any of that audio, I, I talked about how I don't think the graphics specs are that important because I think a next-gen console has to bring a whole lot more to the table than just graphics because the PlayStation 3 is a powerful enough machine to where I think game makers can can make games look about as good as they need to look. I mean, is, 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 it's this, we're not talking about a difference between Final Fantasy VIII and Final Fantasy XIII or a difference between Goldeneye and Halo anymore. This is really nitpicking. I mean, we're not jumping from an 8-bit to 16-bit generation or, or you know, Super Nintendo to N64. We're at the point now where things look pretty damn real, and any improvement is going to be subtle. You know, graphics changes are going to be less noticeable from now on, and you are impressed with the hardware because of developer stuff? Yeah, well, I, I mean, the first thing I said was I was impressed that uh, they even talked about the developer stuff. Uh, but the... The, you know the the specs seem good compared to what there is now, but I was more impressed with the sharing, kind of the sharing aspect of it. And I, we were talking about how because the world is turning socially connected, then it makes sense then that the system is going to turn socially connected. Yeah, and I, and I, I was a big fan of the whole like press to share your last ten seconds of 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 gameplay or, or share a screenshot kind of on the fly kind of stuff. But I had totally forgotten about the streaming feature, and you were really excited about that. Yeah, and I explained I'm really excited about that uh, because I think it opens a few possibilities, one of which being, um, you know, you can kind of watch your friends play a game like you would 
on the couch. I mean, we've got friends all over the country now, so it's kind of cool that we could get into another person's system, watch them play games and comment on it back and forth to each other. Uh, the other thing it would let you do is kind of look at games while people are playing them so you get an impression of what the game is like when a normal human being is playing the game, uh, which I think could build kind of some word-of-mouth advertisement for the games. I think that's kind of a cool thing. I think so, too. And then we were – what were we working our way towards then, you just said? Well, the next thing – I mean, since we're still on hardware, the next thing is really about the controller because I don't know if there's much else to talk about in terms of the – in terms of the – the sharing system well except for the one the one thing we didn't address was the ability to let someone else take over your game uh oh and i don't know if it's taking over your game but i think it's i think what it is is it's they have the ability to like age you in the game like there are going to be certain functionalities that the developers can put into their games where like oh i'm in trouble i could use like a health pack and then you as the observer could drop drop ship a health pack into their game for them so like mario galaxy co-player kind of stuff i think so i think it's i think the cool thing is that it's going to be up to the developer as to how they want to integrate that system my understanding was that they said if there's a hard part you can have somebody else beat it for you and maybe that's something the developer could do you know i i really think that that's going to be something that's up to the developer as to if they want to implement that kind of system if the developer wants to put that in there I mean, it's just another option. Why not? Like, why would that be a bad thing? It's just another thing that you could do. I don't think there's... I don't think it's a bad thing. I never said... It, it's, but it's... Uh, it was kind of interesting to hear them say, if, if taken to the most extreme extent, like, John, hey, John, I can't beat this part in Borderlands. Can you literally take over my character and beat it for me? And I'd be like, of course I will beat it for you because I know how much difficulty you are having with this part in Borderlands. Yeah, I mean, I'm so good at the game that would never realistically happen. But, you know, hypotheticals. So uh, one of the things that we were talking about, I, I totally forgot and we need to keep talking about it, is um, like there's there's the sharing, the sharing functionality and everything. But the, the, we were talking about how the system will alert you when you're uh, – hopefully will alert you when your friends buy games, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have talked about taking that even a step further where the system will, and they made it sound like will automatically download software to your system, uh, like the demos of things for you to try, because it's going to learn what you purchase. This is what, this is their claim that it will learn what you purchase, uh, and will kind of preload stuff on it for you when you're asleep or stuff like that. Now, if used correctly and, uh, not uh, not abused because it would be very easy to abuse the consumer in a particular instance like this. Uh, but if used correctly, this seems like it could be really cool because it might bring it might bring to your attention some stuff that you wouldn't normally see. Yeah, right. It it might just give you some some because we. I'm probably in fact I know I am more more educated in terms of like games that are coming out than the average Absolutely. consumer. Like the average consumer does not look at look at the, the the breadth of stuff that there is to play like I do, and I know that. So I'm probably you know, in fact, I know I am much more aware of the new kind of more niche stuff that's coming out. But the average consumer is not. So maybe this could get some indie games kind of in the limelight a little more. Uh, maybe more people would would uh, you know be able to see something like Journey, which won best game in some news outlets, you know. 
and was an indie game. I was gonna, I was gonna say maybe they'll even give you the ability to opt into certain things like indie game of the week, and then every Monday morning you've got a fresh indie game downloaded to demo. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, and they could even do. They could even do a variety of subscription services where you could like get some subsidized games, kind of like what they do with PlayStation Plus, where um, you know PlayStation Plus started as kind of a rough concept, but they really fleshed it out into something awesome. Where you pay this a similar price you pay for Xbox uh, for Xbox mm-hmm. Live, you get all of the same functionality that you would on Xbox Live, maybe uh, not to the polished extent. But you also get access to a free games library where when the games, they cycle games in and out and you can download full copies of games. There's like 15 games up there right now that you can play. Are you a PlayStation Plus subscriber? I'm not. I'm not because uh, the games that are there right now are not any that I'm interested in playing. Um, And I get all of the online playing functionality that I want from regular PlayStation. Um, Yeah, what, what did you say that it allows you to do multiplayer that Xbox Live also does but it's less polished? It's less polished on PlayStation. Just the right. the general interface, like the general getting together with parties and that kind of thing. Like that's all that's all much more polished on the Xbox. Okay, that's fair. Um, but but anyway, that's something. So if the system does that and it doesn't abuse you by like giving you demos to garbage, giving you free to play games that have like you know buy a thousand coin type shit in there that like most people aren't interested in. Um, Final Fantasy Airborne Brigade. Right. Like, if it doesn't give you shit like that, uh, and it really does learn and download stuff to your system that you really might be interested in, that sounds awesome. I I, I don't know how to react to it, you know? Like, I, I just have no idea how effective it's going to be. Um, yeah, it's a good idea. But, you know, I, I guess I, I don't even know what to think until... It happens. This is one of those, for me, it's a wait and see. It's a, I have no idea how they'll execute this. Yeah, because not, I mean, not even, not even Steam really gives you, you know, you can click on an individual game in Steam and it'll say, because you bought this, you may, you know, you may like this, but this sounds like it's going to be a kind of a more complicated algorithm in terms of like, it's going to take into account all of your buying decisions to spit out other decisions. We'll see. We'll see. I, you know, it's, it sounds like a kind of a pie in the sky type deal. Maybe it won't flesh out, but whatever. It sounds really cool. They did a good job of selling me on the concept. I'm, I'm kind of. I mean, I'm sold on the idea that it could work, certainly. But I, it's not right now adding any value to the system to me necessarily because it seems like something that will be so easy to screw up. And kudos to them for pioneering it. You know, this reminds me of Dreamcast and the VMUs and a lot of the, a lot of the things that Dreamcast did, they had never been done. So it's like, well, how will they do it? Um, you know, and Dreamcast did a lot of things really well. It just didn't have the, you know, the fan base or whatever uh, to succeed. But, you know, maybe they'll do it really well. Maybe they won't. I don't know. I think that's a wait and see kind of thing. Yeah. Still something that is like to watch out for, though, and sounds like it. A- could be kind of cool. And it'll be interesting to see if, uh, I doubt it, but maybe Microsoft and Nintendo following suit and doing anything similar. Because I've never heard of any company doing this before. Right. And I'll tell you another thing that I hope. And they're putting up, they they have already placed a lot of emphasis on the PlayStation Store. The, both the PlayStation and the Xbox need to fucking clean up their stores. 
because the current <laughs> interface on both systems is horrendous. Yeah. It is so bad, and it is so hard to find anything. Anything that is not a AAA title or downloadable content for a AAA title is very difficult to find. So yeah. they, they need to like they need to figure out a way to clean that up and make it able to present information in a more efficient manner because right now it's just not. I'll give place to, I'll give Sony props though. Sony is doing a better job than Microsoft right They now. are. They are. They overhauled their system quite a bit and there's a lot more uh they 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 did a lot more like breaking down of menus so you can really break down things into specifics. Yeah. But you still kind of have to know what you're looking for. It's hard to discover anything on these systems. Yeah, that's true. With Xbox, I, it's hard to find something you're even looking for. Oh, God, yeah. And Xbox's store has regressed to the point where I have I've not been able to find things I've specifically wanted to buy. I'll go on there, and I'm like, I, I, I'll look for like five or six minutes, and I'm like, I don't even know where it is. I'm just not going to buy it. It's that bad. Yeah. It's really bad. So I'll agree with you there. All right, we have to – I've got – this is the elephant in the room for me, and it's the controller. And uh, I'll let you talk about it first, but it's the elephant for me because I hate the PlayStation controller. Well, I absolutely hate it. They, I mean they basically haven't changed anything about the controller, and I think that may be the stuff people hate the most. Um, you know, the controller looks like your standard PlayStation controller, except it's got the share button on it now. It's got a touchpad on the front uh, that's just – to me, it's just an additive thing. It doesn't. There's nothing taken away on the controller. So, if anything, if there are some interesting ways uh, to use that, and developers can figure out interesting ways to do that, mm-hmm. good, good on them. That could be cool, right? Um, otherwise, they don't have to use it. Whatever. Um, and that's it. I, oh, oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. There's also a light source on the on the front, and that's the other thing. Is there's basically a built-in move controller. Um, the PlayStation Move being the wand-like accessory that was made for the PlayStation 3. Uh, there's going to be a camera, much like the uh, well, much like the light bar for the Wii. Uh, and then your uh, the top of the PlayStation controller looks like it has a, a light, I don't know, like a light beam source thing. Yeah, like an LED indicator thing. Yeah, it's probably infrared, actually. And then that's going to uh, that's gonna link up to uh, the the light bar that you're going to put in front of your TV. Again, just some more functionality. It's certainly not something developers need to use if they don't want to. Uh, and so I, I guess just, I don't know, the, like the more, like the more stuff in there, in my opinion, the better, because it just gives the developers more options. Yeah. Options are good. And, and I have no problem with those. For you, it's the, for you, it's the ergonomic design of the controller, right? It is, and, and I remember texting you about it during the event, and you said I, I was pissed. And I, well, we were on Twitter. Oh man, we tweeted up a storm. That was fun. It was. Let me tell you, if you're listening and you do not follow John and me on Twitter, you need to because when stuff happens like the PS4 presser, it was hilarious, and 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 Carl's tweets were also hilarious. Yeah. And I'll I'll give a shout out on our Tumblr page a couple times. There's this guy uh, we know, Carl, and on Twitter his handles Kruga something, and his tweets are I was like dying laughing. I was laughing out loud at every tweet. It was ridiculous. But we had some fun on Twitter. But we were talking about the controller, and you either did that on there or texted me and said something like, "It's like the iPhone. It's it's a good design. If it works, you don't need to change it." 
But I disagree. And I remember playing, uh, I think it was the the first Final Fantasy thirteen game, or maybe it was even Metal Gear Solid Four. But when I first got a PS3, I would be playing for like four or five hours, and my hands were sore from playing on that stupid controller. And I have big hands because I'm tall. Maybe that's it. But yeah, man, I, I guess I've never I've never had that problem. And um, you know, like you said, or like I said, uh, I put words in your mouth. But for you, it's like an erg- it's an ergonomic thing. Like for you, the controller just doesn't feel comfortable, right? Compared yeah. to an Xbox controller. Yeah, I lo- I think the Xbox controller. Uh, the 360 controller is all right. I think controller S from the original Xbox is probably the most comfortable controller I've ever used, uh, except for maybe the N64 controller. Um, but uh, 64 controller. Hell yeah, man! What? Who is that uncomfortable for? Oh man, what what a bastard controller that was! I think it was what horrible. What an awesome controller! Terrible design. What was wrong with that design? Continue. Point is, <laughs> I love the N sixty four controller, and uh, and I do like the three sixty controller, you know, to a degree. And the Wii obviously doesn't even count because it's a remote control. So who could that be uncomfortable for? But um, yeah, I've, I've just never liked it. I, I will say that I do like that it looks like the analog sticks are now kind of indented a little bit, or they've added ridges to them, so it's not just you know a round ball that you have to push. I, I think that'll help. I think that's pretty neat. I think, you know, and it, it seems like such a stupid, trite thing, but if you're playing a game for four or six hours, like I'd like to do when I have a, a day off work, uh, you know, like, it sucks after a while. Yeah, I will say that, uh, you know, the the uh, asymmetrical button layout of the Xbox, I, I like that better. Um, you do? Okay. I do. I, I do, because it's it's asymmetric in the layout, but then, but the kind of the standard... Uh, grip style of the controller is symmetric because your thumbs are kind of symmetric around the controller if you think about it because the buttons on the right side are this on the same horizontal plane as the analog stick on the left side right so it's a little it's more balanced that way now that being said i have a i've got a very unique problem to me in that i play uh video games while i'm riding my recumbent bicycle uh, and when I'm doing that, I have to hold my hands up a little bit. So mm-hmm. my, my, my hands are not resting on anything. Um, and for me, uh, the PlayStation controller is so much lighter than the Xbox controller. And I like that. Um, that's true. It is very light. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I, you know, who knows what the weight of the new controller is going to be. It could be 300 pounds. It might be an exaggeration. It might be 295, but it could be heavier than the current PlayStation controller. Whereas the Xbox controller now, though, is it is very heavy. It is significant. It is definitely significant. Uh, but and it just in my in my again unique problem, and I you could not extrapolate this to everybody, but in my unique problem, it it is fatiguing to try to hold that up for 60 to 90 minutes while I'm biking. Well, but you have to remember that all of our listeners bike while they game. Oh, they do, don't they? You're right. Yeah, and generally bike while listening to the podcast. So, you know, and by the way, keep it up. You're doing a great job right now, listener, with the biking uphill. Uh, Here's my thing with the DualShock 3 is that it's not going to be compatible with the PS4. Did you hear this? No, I didn't. Supposedly, you have to buy... I mean, that makes sense if... Because the touchpad. Plus the light bar. So that makes sense. And the share button. I mean, that makes sense. Those are significant additions and changes. 
Um, now, what though about uh, like old games you can buy in the PlayStation Store, which I'm assuming you'll be able to do? Well, you heard about the backwards compatibility right. announcement, but right? that doesn't mean that they won't put older games on the PlayStation Store like they do now. Yeah, so you have to pay for them again. Sure, unless you didn't buy them the first time. That that doesn't piss you off, though. I have a PlayStation Three, so I can just either hook that up. Look, it's it's becoming a it's becoming a standard. Well, like, it's a bullshit standard. Lack of backwards compatibility is becoming a standard, and it's just something I think we have to get used to. Like, it's awesome when it's there, but I I'll say I think I've used the PS One back, backwards compatibility to my PlayStation Three a single time. That's you. Uh, I played through all of Final Fantasy VIII on my PS3, as you know. Right, and what what other games have you played? What other PlayStation 1 games have you played? That's a single time. I I have played Castlevania Symphony of the Night and Metal Gear Solid, the first one. Now, uh, I received both for free as downloadable digital downloads, but... you didn't actually have a disc in there. You just used their emulation software, which you would also have on the PlayStation 4 for PlayStation 3 games. Which is true. I don't, I just... No, I, no, you know what it is? Here, I, I'm, I'm not advocating against... Don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating against backwards compatibility because it's shitty for the consumer. But I'm saying I think there is... I, I, I think, in my opinion, there is... Uh, it is an overvalued uh, item. It's like somebody saying... It's one of those things where, like, you want it, because somebody says you can't have it, in my opinion. Well, it it all depends. I, I sure. think my and, and issue. I'm, don't get me wrong. Again, I am. This is this is for me. Like I don't want to speak for anybody else, but for for me, and I'm re, you know I've realized this now through this generation of systems. As I have not really played many previous generations of games, is that it, it's an it's an over for me. It's it's overvalued. It's not. It's not as important as I thought it was. And I guess the I guess the manufacturers have no incentive to include it because they're not selling old games anymore. Not if they can get you to buy digital digital copies of previous release games. No, why would they? Right, exactly. But uh, it, again, it's <laughs> shitty for the consumer. And unfortunately, that sucks because you know, it's a consumer-driven market. And it's not just the money issue. It's to me, I don't have enough HDMI inputs or component inputs. Like, I don't have enough space in my living room for eight systems. Yeah. You know, so it's like, now if I want to play a PS- PS3 game, I either have to keep my old PlayStation 3 stored somewhere handy and hook it up when I want to play a game, or I have to just pay for the game again. That's where my issue comes in. Now, I've got my Nintendo 64 underneath my, uh, or next to my TV in a drawer, because occasionally I'll pull it out and play WWF No Mercy, the best wrestling game of all time. And I, I legitimately do pull it out sometimes and play that. So there's that. And I don't want to play that on emulation. But that's kind of like a, a one-case scenario. I, I guess I would play emulation with a lot of Super Nintendo stuff or Nintendo stuff. But that's so old, you know? When you're talking recent generation, you know, I wish I could... I don't know. I, I just would like to be able to not have ten consoles in a drawer just in case I want to play a game. But what can you do? Uh, but in terms of money, the 
worst part of uh, the, the whole PlayStation deal, worse than the emulation, is the fact that now that you have to buy these new controllers, PlayStation controllers are so f***ing expensive. They're like $60. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some third-party uh, alternatives. But no, third-party controllers are garbage. No, no, no. Third par- okay, third-party controllers were garbage. Third-party controllers have come a long way since the olden days. What brands can you name that aren't terrible? Rocketfish makes some really good ones. I've got a I've got a PlayStation Three controller, uh, um, that's made by Rocketfish in the style of an Xbox controller, and it works perfect. Like it looks like an Xbox controller, only it's the PlayStation layout, and it was cheaper and it works perfect. Okay. So uh, they've they've come a long way. I mean, they used to be garbage. They have definitely gotten better. Okay. I've always been violently against. I guess it was the Nintendo 64 that ruined it. And that was forever ago. (laughs) That's my response to you. It was a good argument. Thank you. I thought so as well. I I mean, the the other... So, some people have been making kind of a a stink that they didn't show the system. Does that matter to you? (laughs) That they didn't actually... That they didn't show the actual system? Like, does that really matter to you? I'm talking to you. Like, does that matter to you? Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was watching a uh, I was watching a video that IGN put out, and a guy was talking about it, and somebody said, "Yeah, people are mad that they didn't release the, you know, show the PS4. What do you think?" And the guy the guy is talking to said, "Yeah, you know, people are mad, but but what you have to realize is," and I thought he was going to say what I was thinking, but instead he said, "You have to realize Sony has to have stuff to show later in the year." Okay, that makes sense. Great. Sony needs stuff to show later in the year. But in terms of from the consumer perspective, and yeah, me personally, I don't look at my console. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's nice if it looks good, but Maybe like, it's exciting to see once, but – and not even just that. Like my – yeah, I guess I guess that that is kind of the point. Like I could pull whatever out of the box as long as I can plug it in easily and it works, right? Right. That's – it's – I mean, yeah, you don't want it to look stupid, but one would presume they've done enough market testing to come up with a design that's not an eyesore, right? Yeah, I mean, if I were a developer, like, that would be – I'm talking about a developer of a system. Like, if I yeah. were to put myself in their shoes, that would be, like, the last f***ing thing I was worried about <laughs> would be right. how pretty is my system. Like, it seems like there's so much other stuff they need to focus on that, like – they could be like, uh, we, let's just put it in a black box. Yeah, that box looks okay. All right. Yeah, no, go ahead and ship it. Like, it's just, it doesn't seem, to me, it doesn't seem that important. I guess maybe we're a minority because that was a, you know, that was a pretty commonly uh, held held uh, complaint that, that it wasn't shown. But for me, it's just whatever. It's It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you remember the original Xbox weighed as much as three bowling balls and was the size of a fire hydrant. And see, that the, the problem with that was that it didn't fit anywhere in your house. So that's why that was an actual problem. Yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't fit it through the doorway. You, I actually had to take the hinges off my door to carry it through the frame. Yeah, and like, and like I said, I mean, that's when, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're hurting the actual functionality of your system. Yeah, that's a problem with the design. But, uh, but I'm sure that this will be fine. I'm sure, if anything, it might be a little big like some other systems. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying about the Xbox. The original Xbox was not exactly no. 
wonderful, but no one cared. I got one. I like it. Yeah, and, and nobody – I don't think anybody said, you know what? I want to get an Xbox so bad, but mm, it's just too big. Or, <laughs> or even better – I just don't really like the way it looks, so I don't think I'm going to get one because, you know, it's just – it's a moot point. It's not important. People just – it's just something for people to bitch about. I mean it is trite, but I will say I don't like the PlayStation 3. Do you have an original? Uh, no. You've got a Slim? I've got a uh, – well, I've got a newer one. Oh, I think this – I think this – well, there's a Slim and now there's a Super Slim. I mean uh, on my uh... – I think the Slim looks great. On my little deal where my game systems are next to my TV, I've got a subwoofer, and then I've got my black Wii, because, I mean, come on. Why would I have a white one? <laughs> That's so 2007. Uh, I've got my black Wii, and then next to that is my Halo Reach uh, Xbox 360, and then next to that is my PS3. And I I like the 360 there. I think it's sleek. It's got some cool stuff. I like the black Wii, because the Wii is nice, sleek, simple. Got the blue light. You know, That's cool. God, the PlayStation 3 just—it's just. It's just oh, you, don't, you don't like that roundedness that it's. No, got? I don't like the roundedness. I don't like that it's not. I don't like the finish on it. I don't like like what happened to wooden systems. What what happened to Atari? Remember when Atari made their systems out of oak? But did that prevent you from buying the PS3? That's the point we're trying to make here. Uh, I did that, not buy the PS3. I received it as a gift. Thank you. Did that prevent you from receiving it as a gift or returning said gift? No, it did not. I was going to return it. I had to play Final Fantasy 13. Right. And so, more importantly, Metal Gear Solid 4. That was why I wanted a PS3. Right. So uh, the point is, though, is that it didn't it, – it wasn't a breaking point. And I don't think it's a breaking point for anybody in terms of whether they're going to get the system or not. That's fair. So I think that pretty much covers like all all of what we know about the hardware. Um, they did show Hard. some they did show some software. Did you happen to go back and look at any of that stuff that they showed? You know, all I know is I'm watching the first demo, and it's some guy in some post apocalyptic or attack or a war zone or whatever the hell running around with a gun, and then he shoots some people, and then there's it's the same fucking thing every time. Like, I don't care. I'm watching this, and I'm like, all I see is pretty graphics, people running around with a gun. Literally nothing about this seems dynamic. This could easily be an Xbox 360 or a PS3 game. And you can thank, you know, you can thank Modern Warfare for all of that. For the fact that the first thing shown and big showcase stuff is going to be a first-person shooter, you can thank Modern Warfare for that, because that's... Yeah, well, well, f*** you, Activision, f*** you very much that's what did it because it sells so well that that's they know that's what sells these first person shooters sell you know i i won't i won't go too much into the games because since you didn't watch it there's not really a good dialogue that we could have about that but um the the games are where the press conference really broke down it's where it really slowed down um and there just there wasn't a lot of stuff shown there there just there was not a lot of variety of stuff shown the the highlights for me, because I am not a first-person shooter fan, I, I just don't like them. Uh, the highlights for me were um, uh, there was there was a Capcom game called Deep Down. Um, if you've played Dragon's Dogma, uh, it's it's kind of a third-person uh, action-adventure game. It's a lot like Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Um, okay. Deep Down looked a lot like that, only way prettier. Like, way prettier. It looked beautiful. Um uh, and then there was a game by Jonathan Blow, the creator of Braid. His next game 
is coming out on PS3 before it comes out on any other platform, so it'll be a PS3 exclusive for a while. Uh, and it basically looks like Mist. It's you're on an island and you're solving puzzles. Um, oh my god! Yeah, and Jonathan Blow's kind of a dick. Like, have you ever heard him talk? Kind of a douchebag, but Braid was really good. He makes good Wait, games. Really? Oh my god! You yeah. Yeah, we could talk about that on another podcast. But uh, <laughs> I'll go back and watch. I'll it. talk to well. I'll talk to you about Indie Game the movie, which is on Netflix, and he's a, a starring character of Indie Game the movie. So we talked about we mentioned that in our podcast about Braid like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, so that is the game that's covered in Indie Game the movie. It's it's one of them. There's a lot of them. Okay, because we couldn't we we didn't know because I was talking about one of us were talking about Braid and I think you were like I don't remember what game it was about the movie yeah. was about so it is Braid isn't covered though Braid is one of them and then Super Meat Boy is another one and there's a few other ones in there too so it's basically it, ever, it, it, yeah. it really is just about indie games but the point is is Jonathan Blow kind of a dick uh, in <laughs> fact in fact he came out he came, he came out I think directly after the Kill Zone one or it was after. A, maybe the new infamous game and he's like oh, i don't know how it how easy it's going to be to follow all those explosions but i'll try i mean he's just he's he's, he's just he's a dick he's he really is a dick but uh he makes good games so i am excited about his game his game's called the witness i think and uh it looks really pretty oh boy that's uh that's that's good i mean trey park and matt stone basically said something like that at e3 when they unveiled the south park game they were they were pretty much just like we're going to revolutionize the revolution of your future. And they just like basically completely mocked everyone that had been on before them. No, uh, but it's, but, but they don't, but see, jo- Jonathan Blow, what makes him different is he thinks all his games are the, like, are the best games ever. Like, okay. Like he, he has, yeah, you just need to hear him talk. He is, okay. <laughs> has this incredible superiority type thing about him. Uh, and, you know Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I don't get that at all from them. You just have to hear them talk. But the point I'm trying to make is that there were those two games, and uh, they were just concepts. They weren't even. I mean, I guess there wasn't any real gameplay for The Witness. They just kind of showed Jonathan Blow just kind of had this demo that went around the island, kind of. Uh, okay. Uh, and then deep down was quite literally just a graphics concept. Like it just there was no gameplay. It was all just FMV type stuff. Yeah. So those showed nothing. The only gameplay we got were for games that, you know, are your standard shooter type stuff. And I, it just didn't interest me. So Yeah, I, I got to ask you, Mr. Pulse on the gaming industry, why did they follow the shooter with a racing game? Do racing games really sell that well? Racing games made a really big comeback this past generation. Okay. Yeah, and one of the things, one of the things too, that racing fans, I know that gra- like graphics for you are not the most important driving factor to you playing games. But for right. racing fans, the realism that comes with these new graphics that have been coming around uh, and that have been developing are, it's the thing like the realism of the race is the draw for a lot of these racing simulation games. So that's okay. why it's important. And that's why it was shown. I've just, I've never been able to get into racing games. It's cardboard. And they're when they, you don't have to, they're not for you, but there is a, there is a market for them, and it's it's a it's a bigger market than you might think. I got the Project Gotham Racing came on my Xbox, my original Xbox, and I'm playing it, and I can't throw shells. Like there's no. Uh, well, you can, you, but they'd break your TV. <laughs> that's true. 
Uh, did you hear about the? Uh, and you no, know, I didn't watch all the demos. But you're you're right. It was interesting to me that once they started showing gameplay, that's when it just slowed. So like, I didn't care. You know, when they talked about all the features and stuff, I'm like, awesome, awesome, awesome. And then they started showing gameplay, and I didn't care. Isn't that weird for a console? Yeah, a you video ki- game. Yeah, kind of. You kind of do want the game want the games to be the showpiece, but then again, it might speak to to uh, it might speak also to the fact that our gaming tastes are probably not in line with the mainstream's gaming tastes. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I know that you play Halo Four and and you play Modern Warfare, but I know that those are not your favorite types of games. Is that pretty accurate? Mm, it depends, and and I want to talk in a future podcast about the social aspect of gaming. Just do a whole straight-up episode on it, because uh, the entire reason, and I meant to talk about this in my Halo 4 review as well, the entire reason I got an Xbox 360 was because Halo 3 came out, and I actually went to the midnight launch of Halo 3 at a GameStop and bought Halo 3 even though I didn't own an Xbox 360 at the time because I was telling myself, well, I'll get it, and then maybe I'll get a 360 in the next couple weeks. And then the next day I went and got a 360 because I wanted to be able to play with my friends. Sure. Because uh, I had just moved to Chicago like that year, and I didn't know a lot of people in town, and my roommates were working, and like I, you know, I didn't have a lot to do. But all my friends were still on Xbox Live playing video games. So this this system might be a great thing for you because it seems like all the social, uh, it seems like they're really putting emphasis, and that is the thing that you and I are most excited about is the social stuff uh, surrounding this this system's infrastructure, like the yes, yeah. But that having been said, you, you mentioned maybe Modern Warfare 3 and maybe Halo aren't my favorite games. Well, when I got them, like when I got Halo 3 and especially the first Modern Warfare game, I went on almost every night and played with uh, with our friend Guy who uh, works up at a GameStop in Wisconsin. And he and all his GameStop buddies would get on and I would play with them and we would just wreck everyone that we came across. I mean, it would be a team battle of 100 to 30 would be the final score. And we just, that was, when you're playing those games on a social, a certain social level, they actually become preferable for me over games like Zelda and Final Fantasy, which may be the best single player games I can think of. And see, for me, and I agree with you, uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much a hundred percent. But for me, find a way then to make those other games that I prefer more into social games and maybe this system with its emphasis on the social aspect of gaming can convince developers to do that find a way to give me a final fantasy like experience that i can play with my friends give me monster hunter right monster hunter which is a game that you and i have probably never played but Mm -hmm. the, the whole thing is a social aspect like give me an accessible monster hunter that we can get all of our friends on board with to play amen sister so I, you know, I like what you're we've probably derailed just a little bit, but the 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 system, I, it it made me really excited. It it generated a lot of buzz for me. It you know I I got to bore my my wife uh, when I went upstairs after the press conference was done, uh, talking to her about all the cool things that I saw at the PS3 press conference. So you know, I I think it served its purpose. I really do. I think it did a good job, and I think it generated hype, and I think that the people that want it will get one. I guarantee you I will not be getting a, a PlayStation 4. Um, Over whatever Xbox's new system is? 
Well, what does Xbox forecast? Is Microsoft forecasting that their system will be out this this holiday season? Yeah, they are. Okay, I'll have to see. It depends on the games, but. Like I said, the only reason I wanted a PS3 was for Metal Gear Solid 4 and for Final Fantasy 13. Now, they are making Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. Is that for PS3 or PS4? That's already out. Okay, it's already out. Whatever. So I'll get that. But let's say that PS4 says, okay, a couple months after launch, we're going to have a new Metal Gear Solid game. Well, mm, sorry, but I already played all four because it was, I mean, they concluded the series. Snake is done. I think what it really, it really, I think honestly, what it really depends on is what are your friends getting? Because if 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 you get, if all of your friends get a PlayStation, you'll probably end up with a PlayStation Four. You know, if all of your friends end up getting an Xbox, or whatever the next Xbox it is, you'll probably get the next Xbox. I'm in a position where I'm eventually going to end up with both because that's the way that I end up buying consoles, and I know that. Um, I know that not everybody has that option. But I, I think that's because because this social thing is such an important thing. If it ends up being as important as what they are emphasizing and making it sound like it's going to be, that that seems to be kind of the deciding factor as to what people should get. They should get what they can play with their friends with. You know. So you're you're you don't know which one you'll get. I'll eventually get both. Right, but you don't know which. Like this holiday season, th- this Christmas. You don't know. I don't because I don't want to commit because I haven't seen whatever Microsoft is going to bring. And me neither. But I'm I'm guessing I'm going to end up getting the next Xbox because most of my friend have most of my friends have Xboxes. And what I was saying about Metal Gear Solid is that franchise is kind of done. So the only franchise that I would follow to this system would be the Final Fantasy franchise. And they obviously aren't coming out with anything for at least another year. So I'm I'm probably I'm saying I'll probably get both two at some point uh, and end up with both of those. But unless a lot of people go the same direction as you and get you know because you're a PlayStation Three guy, I think primarily, right? I, I am mostly from a cost perspective because I I'm too cheap <laughs> to buy Xbox Live when I can get the same service. Yeah, no, Xbox Live is. The cat, it's, it's a ridiculous cash grab. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. But, um, you know, you're, you're my only friend that really seems really PS3 um, as their primary kind of thing. Most of my other friends are on 360, and, and I'm guessing that's going to translate to the next generation. We'll see, but I, I'll probably go that way. But it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, when, um, when Microsoft makes their little announcement. When is E3? Uh, it's in June or July. Okay. So, well, I, it's, it's in June. But uh, keep it... Keep in mind, too, that, uh, I mean, PlayStation, Sony, had a firm hold on last generation. And they managed to screw up and lose that to Microsoft. So it's yeah. perfectly possible that Microsoft could screw up and, and lose it to Sony. You know, we'll just have to see. We'll have to see what, uh, we'll just have to see what Microsoft brings to the table the next time that they have a press conference. And what's very interesting is that, there are still more Wii's in households than 360's or PS3's. Mm, yeah, Nintendo really pulled the wool over people, <laughs> people's eyes. With that I mean, you know, they uh, say what you want about Nintendo, but they did something right. Yeah, they did. They really did. And and no, like gamers aren't even comparing. Like nowhere in any PS4 conversation has anyone talked about Nintendo. It's all about what's Microsoft going to do next. 
Nintendo's just kind of over in their own little court. Like, they're in their own little world. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that worked for the Wii. We'll see. Uh, you know, we've we've derailed quite a bit, but uh, we'll see if we that ends derail. Up, that's okay. We'll see if they, that I, we'll see if, if that we, ends up working for this generation for them. I, if if people want an IGN podcast, they can go to IGN. If they want to hear, because we're just regular people, John. We are just regular people. We are regular consumers of uh, of electronics. We are. We're allowed to derail, and I think it's it's worth mentioning that it's interesting that Nintendo. Almost, I almost see Nintendo as as a like a parallel universe. Like Microsoft and Sony are fighting to accomplish the same thing, and Nintendo is like we're kind of doing our own thing over here. Then we're just going to market and sell that. It's like they're not even butting heads anymore. You know what I mean? Well, when you have PlayStation executives coming out and saying you might need to get a second job to buy a PS3, <laughs> and the Nintendo makes the aggressive move to come out at a it was a $200 system, right? Yeah, 250 at, at launch. Yeah, at a $250 price point when the when the PlayStation 3 is saying get a second job so you can afford a $600 system. Like <laughs> yeah. they they were certainly targeting a different market and uh and they they proved that at least for that generation they kind of won. They kind of yeah. won that uh that fight. Well, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. But uh, again, listener, if you're not following John and me on Twitter, you need to start uh, at producer Cody and at play, eat play at eat play game. Um, and we follow some other funny video game people that I retweet. A, I retweet Kruga a lot. So if you see any retweets, check his profile out and follow him. He's he's very funny, very 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 video game minded. And uh, yeah, I love the trending topics and tweets over ps4 oh it was great it was great. It's, it's it's live live tweeting and, and being like in the throes of twitter during any you know kind of major national event is is generally pretty hilarious and the, the thing that was so cool was there you know there was a lot of joking and stuff going around but it was obvious just how much excitement there was too yeah about all the stuff i mean people aren't going to talk like that if they're not if they're not at least interested in what's going on so yeah. that, there was a lot there was a lot of talk there was a lot of buzz about that the ps4 yeah. stuff Two more uh, quick cursory things about the presser uh, before I forget and before we, we finish is uh, – did you see Bungie's photo of the four guys without their hands in their pockets? Yeah, they looked really awkward. Did you see how Bungie followed up with that? Yeah, they did a photo of like their entire staff with their hands out of their pockets <laughs> yeah. awkwardly. Yeah, yeah they yes. seem like a pretty fun game company, don't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. So, yeah, listener, go to Bungie's blog. Uh, there was a, a weird photo of four Bungie execs. And they did, they, the joke is they didn't know what to do with their hands, so their hands are just kind of hanging there, uh, not in their pockets, not leaning it, just kind of sitting there. So Bungie's whole staff did a staff photo, uh, which is pretty pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good tastes, I think, pretty funny, but good good spirited rather. And uh, then the other thing was, did you also hear all the people complaining about how there were no women at this press conference? Correct. So any thoughts on that or whatever? I I mean, it is. It is to me, it's bad, but it is an unfortunate uh, reality of the current landscape. There's just not there's not a lot of women developers. There's just not, and that's the thing. It, uh, there there have to be. I mean, Microsoft will will be smart if they put a girl on stage. I think. Oh, for sure. But uh, you know, 
it's the thing is there's there's a lot of and I don't want to we won't get into like feminism and all that stuff right now but but I just want to offer a quick thought on it and it's it's like yeah now you hear a lot especially from girl gamers about like you know we're excluded you know you don't make games for us you don't blah 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 but the the mainstream stereotype from 1985 to 2006 probably was that guys that play video games are nerds that don't get laid that can't talk to girls and all, all these stereotypes. And then all of a sudden some girls start getting interested and now like men are assholes for excluding women. I agree. It's definitely, it's not going to change overnight. It's been, it, but it's a bit of a double standard and it kind of pisses me off. You know, like I agree with girls that I'd like to see them more involved in the future and I'd like to see things more accessible, but I, I don't like them blaming everyone, you know, like, oh, how dare you, and this should be changed, right, and all that stuff, because you know what, like, really, gamers got picked on for 20 years. I mean, that's the way it is. You fucking picked on us. Now you can deal with being excluded for a little while, you know, have sex with a guy that plays video games so that one of them has gotten laid, and then, you know, then we'll talk. That's all I'm saying. This is also a relationship podcast, so, listener, thank you for coming to, uh... Uh, video games after dark. Uh, have sex with a gamer and be good to each other. I like girls that play video games. Right on, right on. A so, lot. So, listener, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, this was just kind of a spur of the moment. We needed to talk about the PS4 thing because it's the biggest thing to happen in a, in a long time in terms of uh, video game news. So, um, we needed to talk about it, and we're glad you joined us. Well, you are. Well, I'm not. I was just saying that. Oh, I'm just glad I got to the bottom of this bottle of whiskey. 